you. Last week, y'all heard the message, and uh, when they when they needed some people to come in, they they called them back for homecoming. People who had who had been there before, who were supposed to be there anyway. So I encourage you to encourage someone to be here for homecoming. If if they haven't been in a while, and you know they're not going anywhere else to church, now we don't want to take them away from their church. But if you know that they're not going anywhere right now, come on, come on. And uh, we have some, I was looking through, we have five Gideon cards back there that say thinking of you. So <laughs> the rest of them say in memory and uh, in recognition. So I don't know that we necessarily need to send those to people unless they, you know, as an, as an invitation, as a come on to church kind of thing. But um, in memory of your time here in Cornelius, we'd like for you to come back to church. I don't know. But uh, if you can spin it, go right ahead. But we we encourage you, if you're going to buy some cards, buy a Gideon card. Uh, normally, it's a donation of $5 to the cause of the Gideons. And I don't know how often the Gideons have been able to go into churches th through this past year because of COVID and everything. So I strongly encourage you to um, to give to the Gideons and their ministry. Because the, the ministry still goes on, but uh, just it, it has to... They rely on going into churches and raising money a lot. So uh, do consider that. I laid out all the ones that were the thinking of you ones. And uh, so, again, if you want to search through, but whatever. So please do invite people to homecoming. Also, the month of May is all about the rainbows. So bringing items for our shoe boxes. So um, any type of coloring books and coloring instruments, crayons, uh, colored pencils, markers, that sort of thing. Please do bring that stuff so that we can have lots and lots of things for the boxes. If you don't have any time to do that, then give some cash. If you don't have any cash, bring a shoebox, and we will gladly accept anything that you'd like to, to donate. Uh, also, in about a month is Father's Day, so be keeping that in mind. We'll be doing some. We did some great things for Mother's Day. It, it just that video was so so nice, and we'll be doing some great things for dads as well. And uh, and just keep all the different things in mind. If I don't know if there's anything else, I think there's. We do have special people coming for homecoming, so I guess that I could mention it. Now, I said that I was really excited. Uh, I spoke to my sister, and her church has a has a, a drama group, and they're just starting out, kind of, um, doing a lot of dow riding and that sort of thing. And I remember how exciting it was for us when we were so young and being able to go to different churches. So uh, in talking and, and planning out different things for homecoming, we've invited them to come and to minister to us. I'm so excited, and I hope that they are too um, because, they're, they're, again, their group is, is, pretty, is pretty new, and uh, that's just a really exciting thing for, for everybody. Also, preaching for us will be our state youth director, and... Um, Rob Taylor. So we're excited that he's going to be able to come and, and minister to us. So um, on, what day was it? It was Sunday last week that it rained like crazy. Which day was it that rained so, so bad? Pick a day, exactly. So I had, uh, I was out on car duty, and I had on one of my numerous pairs of Converse. And 
I noticed that I, mean, I had my umbrella and everything, and I'm walking back and forth opening car doors, and I noticed that my my socks started to feel a little bit wet. I was like, this is weird. Why is my why is my sock wet? And and sometimes at the bend of my of those shoes, they'll get a little split in them. I'm thinking, okay, a little raindrop has fallen into the split, but I looked and there were, was no split there. Like, okay, what's going on here? And I'm as I'm walking, it just starts to get worse. And I start to feel very squishy in my shoe. And I look and the the top half of my shoe was was a different color because the rain had soaked through it. I'm like, what is going on here? And it turns out that I had a split at the bottom of my shoe, so the rain was seeping in through the bottom. Well, the thing is uh, and I had already locked my car, and I don't tote my keys around with me. They were in the classroom. And the the thing about it, though, was that I had a pair of rain boots in the car because I, I like to be prepared, even though I wasn't technically. Uh, and I had a couple pair of socks in there. And I had another pair of walking shoes because I was going to go to the park later and walk. And um, I still throughout the day I, I never went back to my car to get any of those things so I when I went into back into the classroom I took off the yucky wet sock and just um, stuffed paper towels in my shoe to soak up some of the the water so I walked around that day with one sock the uh, sock on the left side and and paper towels in the right side because my sock was so gross yes and the thing was that just steps away was the answer. Just a few steps away was a, a better solution than that. And for whatever re reason, I didn't make the effort to go find the solution. And sometimes I do that in other areas of my life that I just suffer through, whatever it is. When the solution is just steps away, it's just a prayer away, it's just one time of speaking to the Lord and, and the problem is solved. So I encourage all of you <laughs> that whatever kind of situation you're facing, that you, you go to who the solution really truly is. Amen. Let's sing this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him to have His will in the service. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your goodness. Father, I thank You and I praise You because You are so good to us. God, that You are the answer. God, not only that You have the answer to every need that we could bring to You, but that You are the answer. Father God, I just thank You and I praise You for Your goodness to us, that each and every day Your mercies are new. Father, that You woke us up this morning, that You gave us the strength to be here, and that You brought us into your house to fellowship with other believers. Father, I thank you and I praise you that we're able to be in your house, that your house is opened up to be able to worship corporately. Father, I thank you for the capabilities of, of being able to watch live stream. I, I pray for those people who are there for whatever reason, if they're having sickness or difficulties at home. God, whatever the reason is that they're not able to be here today, I ask your strength and your help in their lives. God, that you would raise them up and help them to feel the glory of your presence. God, I pray for each person who came here today. There is no one who has come here by accident. There is no one that you don't want to touch and minister to today. But there are each and every one of us here with needs. And I ask you that you would answer those needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you. We praise you. We give you honor in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, you can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. So take me as you find me with all my fears and failures. And fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Lord, I surrender, Savior. You can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing for the glory of the risen King, Jesus. Shine your light and let the whole world see that we're singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever, author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. My Jesus conquered the grave. Savior, you can move my mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord. You are so good and worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be praised, God. The splendor of a king Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice 
all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice. It trembles at his voice. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. All will see how great, how great is our God. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The Godhead three in one. You are Father, Spirit, and Son. The Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our Of all names. You are the name above all names. Lord, you are worthy of all grace. Yes, my heart will sing. Savior, Lord, there is none like you. 
our days. I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath of all that I am never cease to worship you. Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to my King. The mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. You're my comfort and my shelter tower of refuge and strength let every breath and all that i am never cease to worship you shout to the lord all the earth let us sing power and majesty praise to my king the mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Cause nothing compares to the promise. the Lord, all the earth, let us sing power and majesty, praise to my King. The mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever I love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. Lord, nothing compares to the promise I have in you.
give him praise this morning. He is so worthy. Hallelujah. understudy up since he's out for the week <laughs> so um, I just want to thank everyone for their giving um, I haven't been had a chance to be up here but um, I know that a lot of churches have seen you know drops in giving with the pandemic and everything but um, I just want to say thank you that we have not experienced that um, you guys have continued to give and I just want to say thank you for that uh, we, we do have about three weeks until homecoming so um, I just want to encourage you if you're able to give towards those things we will have some extra expense with homecoming um, with the mime and drama group coming um, and a special guest speaker and then there's always uh, things to do outside things to do inside to get prepared for that so um, if you're able to give any extra towards that if you want to mark that on your envelope um, if you're giving online on the church website then there's a special offering category so you can mark that as well um, so I just want to say thank you for all all that you do and all your support. Um, Brother Shuggy, can you say the blessing over the offering this morning? Thank you, Lord. Good to see you all. Um, and we have uh, some people vacationing. We want to pray that they're having a good time and to pray they make it home safe. So it is now time to receive prayer requests. Brother Mike. Yes, sir. Sister.
Jennifer. Sister Keller. Sister Keller. Yes, ma'am. We'll pray for Ken. Gretchen. dad he's been sick uh, last week so um, I pray that he I don't know just get some common sense and go to the doctor he's he don't want to go to the doctor so he thinks he can get better on his own so let's pray for him that he gets to feeling better all right raise hands for unspoken requests all right stand with me as we take these
if you will, it's time to fellowship.
follow you Cause no one's ever done for me The things I watched you do Hey Jesus, I really love who you are I know I've got a ways to go Could you walk with me that far? I'm so glad you Some of you folks remember that whenever we'd go a little long in our fellowship, it would be Sister uh, Dyson most of the time, and I'd say as soon as, as soon as Sister Dyson finds a seat, we'll get started. <laughs> Hallelujah. I w I'm looking forward to seeing Sister Dyson in glory. Aren't you? I really am. Amen. It's 7.14 of Second Chronicles, if my people that are called by my name. And you know, we could... Re preach that I think Jennifer could too uh, those that are named Christian those that are named of those that listen to the Father those that are called by my name and those that call on my name praise God will humble themselves that's the first thing we need to do humble ourselves before the Lord sometimes it's hard to humble yourself isn't it men isn't it men sometimes to humble and you listen that's something you tell your dad today. It's hard to humble yourself, Dad, isn't it? And go to the doctor, isn't it? So humble yourself. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. He said, then, then I'll hear from heaven. And I will forgive your sin, and I will heal your land. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Jeremiah said it simply this way. Call 
upon me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hallelujah! And there's a three or four more that I want to do, but I'm going to take time to uh, sing happy birthday to Jennifer and to Gretchen. Gretchen is going to be seven years old on Saturday, and so we don't have another Sunday to sing to her. Let's do it today. Okay, yeah. And and Jennifer, uh, it's like Jennifer says, birthdays are unlisted. Oh, mine's unlisted. Birthdays are only a number, and mine's unlisted. <laughs> Hallelujah. But help me. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear ladies. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Amen. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Um, well, I, I, yes, my birthday is Wednesday. That's exactly right. If anyone would like to give me a present, I think you're welcome to. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I am the I am the age that um, that Dad was when I was. I will be the age that Dad was when I was born. Yes, and I. Well, I was gonna say something about you, but I won't. So anyway, nothing, not a thing. I'll be the age that Shane was last year. There we go. How about that? Yes, Amen. All right, so <laughs> bless me. Oh, boogers. Sorry, my <laughs> belt just fell apart. I got a little distracted. Sorry to those watching. I apologize. Um, I thought it was a battery, but no, it's a bow. <laughs> anyway, so today, <laughs> today we are moving on in our series. And as far as I know right now, unless something changes, we're going to finish out the month with our series and then uh, brother taylor will be uh, preaching for us on the first sunday of the month and then i have a new series that we're gonna start so <laughs> i you know i enjoy a series because my mind works better when i know what i'm thinking about and doing and all that so um i and so if you had if you miss this one if you m only jumped in on part then you have the opportunity on the second sunday of june to come regularly and and hear the series so come on again that's the plan we'll see what the lord uh if he changes anything but as far as i know right now that's what we're going to be doing so today we're going to be in nehemiah chapter 9 at this point, the exiles had returned. They'd begun learning what the law had required. They began listening to the word, and, and they were reading with great attention to the details of the word. They had already celebrated the feast, and now we see them observing other holy days. Last week when we talked about it, they had celebrated because they were able to uh, celebrate the feast of tabernacles. They were really excited to be able to live in those tents. Again, bless their hearts. They didn't know the joys of air conditioner at that point, but um, and bug spray. So, 
they were excited to be able to live in the in the tents and celebrate the feast that the Lord had given them. So they had been getting their worship right last week we saw that they'd been getting their worship right through unity because we're all in this together through undying passion for the word which is getting excited about hearing thus saith the Lord and the unspeakable and glorious joy which we heard last week is found only in and refilled only by being in his presence so today we see the people in an act and attitude of prayer and confession now I will confess that as I was looking through and, and deciding which you know where to go with this and praying and the Lord where are we going and I, I saw this and I thought oh well, it's just a kind of a recap so we can we'll move on from that and the Lord would not let me I just kept coming back to this kept coming back to this and throughout this week uh, with some different songs and messages and that sort of thing rehearsing the the idea of what is in this chapter and I just really want us to to grab a hold of it so the idea today is revival is coming verses one through four now in the twenty and fourth day of this month the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloths and earth upon them and the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. They stood up upon the stairs of the Levites, Jeshua and Bani, Cadmiel, Shebaniah, Buna, Sherebiah, Bani, and Chenani, and cried with a loud voice unto the Lord their God. So after all the excitement of the Feast of Tabernacles, the, the excitement has, has gone, but the passion for the word has not. The children of Israel once again gathered together to commune with the Lord. They were fasting after the feasting. They put on sackcloth and ashes after rejoicing. And just like last week we talked about, there's a time for one and a time for the other. There was a time for feasting, but now is a time for fasting. There was a time for rejoicing, but now was the time for mourning. Remorse and sincerity seemed to be behind this sudden display. They came into the city with the intention of repenting. It says that they separated themselves from the foreigners who were living among them. They were separating themselves from all potential distractions. Whew. In order to receive from the Lord, sometimes we need to do that. Separate ourselves from all potential distractions. And thus began their worship service. So it tells us here that one-fourth part of the day was set aside for Bible study, reading of the law. And considering the day, day, 12 hours, night, 12 hours, if we think of it this way, then one-fourth part of the day was three hours. So they sat, no wait, they stood. They're standing here, hearing the Levites preach and teach and read the law they stood for three hours listening to this preaching oh my sometimes I 
I, I really enjoy I really enjoy listening to preaching and uh, there are certain preachers about three or four preachers I'm not going to say their names um, if y'all want to know afterward I'll tell you if you don't already know there are about three or four preachers that I really love to hear and some of them honestly I'll go I'll go by how long the sermon is if I'm going to watch it that day because there are some of them bless them who there it says an hour hour and a half like I, I love you Pastor Mike Todd but that's a little bit long for me right now but they stood for three hours hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing the words of, of what he had spoken to them through the prophets, through Moses. And it says that they were confessing and worshiping for the next three hours. So confessing means, in the Hebrew, to throw, to shoot, to cast, or to worship with extended hands. So we think about confessing as, as if we're telling all the things that we've done. But here, the confessing was throwing up their hands, lifting their hands to worship God. And it says that they were worshiping. That means to prostrate oneself. So they were raising their hands in worship, and they were falling down before God with their faces to the ground in worship for three hours. The Levites began this prayer of praise and recognition to the Lord. We see in verse 5, Then the Levites, Jeshua and Cadmiel, Bani, Hashabniah, Sherebiah, Hodijah, Shebaniah, and Pethahiah, said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and bless thy glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. And here he says, the, the idea here, the Levites instructed the people to stand up and bless. So stand up, we get the idea. But bless means to kneel, to bless God as an act of adoration. So he said, stand up and worship, kneel down and bless. Because they declared that Yahweh is above any worship that they had the capacity to give. You are high and above anything that we can say about you. You are so good. Now, I want to read, because, of course, we're reading the whole chapter. I, I just, I'm going to read this whole thing. I'm not making y'all stand for three hours, so <laughs> no worries. But I want to read this whole thing, and then we'll kind of go point by point as to what they're talking about. So starting in verse 6, these are the things that they had to say about the Lord. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Thou art the Lord God who didst choose Abram and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gavest him the name of Abraham and foundest his heart faithful before thee and madest a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Jebusites, and the Girgashites, to give it, I say, to his seed, and hast performed thy words, for thou art righteous. And didst see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and heardest their cry by the Red Sea, and showest signs and wonders upon Pharaoh and on all his servants and on all the people of his land for thou knewest that they dealt proudly against them so didst thou get thee a name as it is this day 
And thou didst divide the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. And their persecutors thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou ledest them in the day by a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire, to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai, and spakest with them from heaven, and gavest them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant, and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger, and broughtest forth water for them out of the rock for their thirst, and promisest them that they should go in to possess the land which thou hast sworn to give them, but they and our fathers dealt proudly and hardened their necks and hearkened not to thy commandments and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst among them, but hardened their necks and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. Yea, when they had made them a molten calf and said, This is thy God that brought thee up out of Egypt and had wrought great provocations. Yet thou in thy manifold mercies forsookest them not in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud departed not from them by day and led them in the way, neither the pillar of fire by night to show them light and the way wherein they should go. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Yea, forty years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. Moreover, thou gavest them kingdoms and nations, and didst divide them into corners, so they possessed the land of Sion, and the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan. Their children also multipliedest thou as the stars of heaven, and broughtest them into the land concerning which thou hast promised to their fathers, that they should go in to possess it. So the children went in and possessed the land, and thou subduest before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gavest them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land, that thou mightst do with them as they would." And they took strong cities and a fat land and possessed houses full of all goods, wells digged, vineyards and olive yards and fruit trees in abundance. So did they eat and they were filled and became fat and delighted themselves. So, excuse me, and delighted themselves in thy great goodness. Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against thee and cast thy law behind their backs and slew thy prophets, which testified against them to turn them to thee. And they were wrought great provocations. Therefore didst thou deliver them into the hand of their enemies who vexed them. And in the time of their trouble, when they cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven. And according to thy manifold mercies, thou gavest them saviors who saved them out of the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they did evil again before thee. Therefore leftest thou them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they returned and cried unto thee, thou heardest them from heaven, and many times didst thou deliver them according to thy mercies, and testifiest against them, that thou mightest bring them again unto the law. Yet they dealt proudly, and hearkened not unto thy commandments, but sinned against thy judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. And withdrew the shoulder and hardened their neck and would not hear. 
Yet many years didst thou forbear them, and testifiest against them by the Spirit and thy prophets. Yet they would not give ear. Therefore gavest thou them into the hands of the people of the lands. Nevertheless, for thy great mercy's sake, didst thou not utterly consume them, nor forsake them. For thou art a gracious and merciful God. So the Levites rehearsed the history of God's people to them. As an act of worship, they began to tell the people of all that God had done for them. They began to worship the Lord for all the great things that he had done throughout their history. And these are the things that they said. In many of these cases, the, the word Lord that they use is Yahweh. So just in, for continuity's sake, we're going to think of these things as Yahweh, the covenant God, that he's the one doing these things. He is the creator of all things. That's the first thing that they said about him. He is the creator of all things, and all creation worships him. I don't know if y'all noticed that the songs that we were singing this morning get us in this idea, this attitude of he is the creator of all things, and he is above and high above all things and can do anything that we ask or think far exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or think. He is the creator of all things. The second thing they mentioned was that he chose Abram. He said that he brought Abram out of this pagan land. He saw him in the midst of, of his sin. He saw him in the middle of a place that was sinful and bad for him, and he called him out. And he put destiny into him by changing his name from Abram, which means high father, to Abraham, father of a multitude. He started out, when God first called him, he was Abram. And they said, you made a name for him. So you changed his destiny by changing his name. This happens so often in Scripture that the change of name indicates that God is about to do something different for whoever it is that, that got a name change. So he said, you are not just a father, Abram. And when he said this to him, he didn't have any children at all. But he said, you're not just a father. You are a father of multitudes, a, a father of many nations, because that was the, the plan and the purpose that he put on to Abraham. He said that he found his heart faithful. So he chose to make an everlasting covenant with him to give he and his descendants land that other nations had occupied. And Yahweh was true to this covenant because he is righteous. He is just, lawful in conduct and character. So they're saying, God, you stuck by this. Even when we didn't, even when we were unfaithful, you stuck by this covenant that you made because you are righteous. The third thing they mentioned was that he delivered his people out of Egypt. He saw their affliction and heard their cry. Because he is moved by the feelings of our infirmities, that when we cry out to him, and through no fault of their own were they at this point called into, into slavery. It was not that they had sinned and done so wrong that they, were, that they were taken at this place. But just because there was a famine, just because there was lack, they had to go into the land of Egypt. And from that point, it, it progressed hundreds and hundreds of years, just staying in the same place, staying in a place that was not their promised land. Even though the famine ended, they still stayed there because it was comfortable. 
But God heard their cry, he heard their prayer, and he performed miraculous signs and wonders on their behalf, which caused his name to be praised from that time until this time, hundreds of years later. He said, all these works and wonders that you did caused you to have a name among all the nations that people recognized and saw that your people are a people delivered. The fourth thing that he mentioned was that God was their constant guide in the wilderness. That he was a cloud by day and a fire by night. Not only was that a way to guide them to where they were supposed to go, but it was also protection because in the daytime, in the heat of the day, there, there was a cloud, a shade that covered them and showed them the right place to go. And then at night, in those cold desert nights, they had a constant fire to warm them, to, to discourage any enemies from attacking them in the middle of the night because there was a fire raging. It says that he provided commandments, precepts, statutes, and the law. Precepts being divine commands directly from the mouth of God. Statutes, enactments written in stone. And that law that was given straight to Moses, something very precious for them to, to hold on to. I thought something was really interesting that, that you may have missed as we were reading because I was trying to, to read through it quickly. But he said... You gave us the Holy Sabbath. He said in verse 14, And made us known unto them the Holy Sabbath. And if we don't understand, because so often, and I do want to, this is part of another, another thought, another message, but if we don't understand how holy the sabbath is so often it becomes this legalistic idea and in the in the scriptures it did become and in the new testament especially we see the the pharisees and the sadducees fussing about all the things you can and can't do on the sabbath and and getting upset with jesus because he would heal on the sabbath but the truth of it is the fact of it is it's a gift that god gives and that when all we care about is work, 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 that God gives us this gift of Sabbath, a time of rest for our bodies and our souls. And that was something that they were wor worshiping Him for. So that He provided bread from heaven and water from the rock. Yet their ancestors were filled with pride and rebellion, desired a captain to return them to their bondage. They refuse to obey, but yet, God is a God that's ready to pardon. He is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, great in kindness, and He will never forsake us. The fifth thing that they said was that He fulfilled His promise by bringing the children of Israel into the promised land. They were able to possess the promise living in prosperity that they had not invested in. Unmerited favor. That God brought them into this land 
and they were able to live in houses they had never built they were able to harvest from vineyards that they had not planted it was a gift that God gave to them yet they turned their backs on the law and ignored the commands of the Lord because they had a difficult time managing prosperity all throughout the history of Israel we see that this is the case that when things were bad they were calling on the Lord all the time and they were living the way they should calling on the name of the Lord Lord help us we need you we need you please rescue us and then the Lord would send a rescue and I don't know for a week or two they'd do fine but then when they began to be prosperous again they forgot about the Lord and if we don't learn how to manage prosperity then one of two things will happen either the Lord will not prosper us because he's going to keep us living for him or we're going to be prosperous and turn away we have to learn how to manage the prosperity that he gives us because we have a responsibility to give back what he's given us to constantly give thanks for it to recognize that it is nothing by our own might or power that we've done but only by his power that he's given us because of their sins the children of Israel entered into a vicious cycle they would sin refuse to repent then they would beg for God to help them they would, the Lord would allow them to be overtaken by their enemies. They would call out in distress. And God, because of his great mercies, would send someone to rescue them. Does that, I don't know if that cycle ever sounds like something you've been through. <laughs> this vicious cycle that we stay on sometimes. Doing good, not doing good. Lord, help me. The Lord helps me. Doing good, not doing good. Lord, help me the Lord helps me and just keeps going back and forth and this is the cycle that they were on the next thing they mentioned was that after a time their sins caught up with them they had been warned by the prophets but ignored them at best and killed them at worst their enemies were allowed to take them into captivity but because of God's mercy, mercies, they were not completely destroyed as a nation. Finishing out this chapter, starting in verse 32, it says, Now therefore our God, the great, the mighty, and the terrible God who keep his covenant and mercy, let not all the trouble seem little before thee. That hath come upon us, on our kings, on our princes, and on our priests and on our prophets and on our fathers and on all thy people since the time of the kings of Assyria unto this day. Howbeit thou art just in all that it is brought upon us. For thou hast done right, but we have done wickedly. Neither have our kings, our princes, our priests, nor our fathers kept thy law, nor hearkened unto thy commands and the testimonies wherewith thou didst testify against them. For they have not served thee in their kingdom and in thy great goodness and thou, that thou gavest them and in the large and fat land which thou gavest before them. Neither turn they from their wicked ways. Behold, we are thy servants this day. And for the land that thou gavest unto our fathers to eat the fruit thereof and the good thereof, behold, we are servants in it. And it yieldeth much increase 
unto the kings which thou hast set over us because of our sins. Also they have dominion over our bodies and over our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. And because of all this, we make a sure covenant and write it. And our princes, Levites, and priests seal unto it. They said, Lord, see us. They called him the great, mighty, terrible God. Terrible in the Hebrew meaning deserving of reverence. It said, who keeps the covenant, and this word keeps in the Hebrew means, who hedges me about with thorns. So when he keeps his covenant with me, he puts a hedge around me that nothing can get to me. That covenant protection. His mercies day by day protect me and keep me. They said, Lord, great, terrible, mighty God, who has kept covenant with us, do not let our current situation seem small to you. Lord, we messed up time after time after time, but we are in a mess now. And don't let this seem small to you. Please, Lord, see. He said, they said that they had been unfaithful, but he had always been faithful. The Jews here were not denying the justice of what had happened to them. Their exile, their destruction, their servanthood. They said, yes, Lord, we know, we understand that this is a consequence for our sin. Because the wages of sin is death. We understand that there's a consequence for everything. Now the mercy and the blood of Jesus does does cover that and does take some of that away, but in some cases we're going to have to pay for things that we've done. The Lord is merciful and doesn't make it as bad as it could be, but there are times that we are going to have to pay. And they said, we understand that, that we deserve all this. Our ancestors deserve to be put into exile. We get it. We understand. But we're asking for the God of our history to show up and restore. And I love how unashamed they are in this because throughout the entire history, now sometimes, I don't know, if, if I've messed up, it's hard for me to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I've messed up and can you please help me? Can you please forgive me? Because I feel bad, I feel guilty. But it doesn't seem like they ever had a problem doing that. Every single time that they would mess up, they'd say, Lord, we know that you are a God who forgives, so we need you to forgive us. We know that you are a God who shows up, so we're going to need for you to show up. And they're teaching something to us through their circumstances that there should never be a time that we do not go to God. That we, there should never be a time that we are too ashamed to turn to Him. That there should never be a time that we would say, oh, maybe He won't do it this time. Because if he's done it before, he will do it again. Because that's who he is. He is Yahweh, that covenant God. And if he has made that covenant, that promise to us, he will never go back on his word. To show their commitment to Yahweh from now on, they had a covenant written up that was sure and sealed. 
See, in those times, a signet was a very powerful bond. If you put your seal on something, your signet ring, you put your seal on something, it, it meant that it could not be changed. That was it forever. So here they're saying, we commit, we covenant with God that we are going to live right from now on. So there are some signs of revival. Three different things that we see through this chapter that indicate that revival was on its way for them. Number one was the recognition of and repentance for sin. Throughout this chapter, the Levites rehearsed to the people all the times that they and their ancestors had sinned. They just listed time after time after time. They had hardened their hearts. They had doubted. They had worshipped things other than God. We've never done any of those things, right? They were proud. They were disobedient and rebellious. They, learned, they yearned for their old life. I've never seen in any of those ways, have I? They had ignored the law so explicitly laid out for them and intentionally ignored those who were sent to warn them. Oh, my. I've never done any of those things, right? I've never, I've never had any of those sins happen in my own life. Oh, my. So they recognized, they were, the, their sins were laid out before them. They recognized that from the time of them becoming a nation all the way to this point, they had sinned. And they acknowledged, yes, Lord, we have sinned in these ways. Yes, Levites, we agree with you that we have sinned in this way and this way and this way. Thank you for reminding us. But how many of you know that recognizing sin and repenting of sin are two very different things? Because sometimes I know what I'm doing wrong, but I don't want to apologize for it. <laughs> I don't want to change my ways. Like, yeah, I know I'm sinning. Or, yeah, I know I'm having a bad attitude. Yeah, I know I'm doing wrong. Just going to keep doing it, though. <laughs> and we, we may not admit it to ourselves that plainly, but sometimes that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to, I don't feel like like doing something different now. <laughs> Lord help us so they acknowledged the fact that God had given them his instructions and expectations repeatedly through the law and through the prophets they also knew that the punishment they and their ancestors had received was justified again oftentimes I know that I've done wrong but my pride will not allow me to ask for forgiveness I don't want to turn back to God and say, I shouldn't have done that. Or go to the person that I've wronged and say, I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. My pride won't let me sometimes. Mm. Or other times I know what was wrong, but I don't have the desire to give it up. I've been there too before. Like, I know I shouldn't be having that attitude, but I'm, again, I'm just going to keep doing that. 
I know such and such is bad for me, but right now I'm just not in a place that I want to let that go. So until I get to the place of true repentance, until I get to that point in my heart of saying, I'm done with this, you know, pride, move aside, I'm going to go to God and, and lay out before Him all the things that I've done wrong, or, Lord, I'm at the place that I want to go higher with you, and I'm sick and tired of these things that are holding me back from going higher with you, setting them aside and, and reaching out for you. Until I do that, I cannot be revived. The beginning of my revival is when I repent and turn away from those things that would keep me from God. The second sign of revival is reflecting on God's faithfulness. The Levites were reminding the people of their heritage as children of God. That he is the creator bringing life to those things that could not live on their own. That there are times in our lives that God brings back to life. Those dreams, those goals, those ambitions, that those visions that he's put within us. He is the creator of that talent that ability within us that vision within us he's the creator he's the planter of that seed and God brings it back to fruition when I begin to repent and turn away from anything that could set me back from getting closer to him when I begin to do that and I recognize that he is bringing life back to those things that I thought were dead when I recognize that he chose Abram and equipped him to become Abraham because the Lord shows undeserved favor by making us his children and then equipping us with his purpose. Because me in and of myself have no merit. Me in and of myself, I can't be anything great or, or wonderful except that what God has put within me and to desire greatness is not a bad thing. It's when we desire greatness for our own purposes, when we desire greatness for our own recognition. But when I, when I desire greatness, when I say, Lord, make my name great to bring you glory and honor, and that's what Abraham did, and that's what God did for Abraham by making him a name. Because God said, I'm going to make your name great. So there's nothing wrong with that with being great for the Lord. There's no shame in that. And when I understand that God puts His unmerited favor on me, and I recognize that in my life, that time after time I was shown favor that I didn't deserve, I begin to thank Him, get excited about what He's going to do. He delivered those children of Israel out of Egypt. He hears my cry, and He has the power to do something about it. That's the beautiful thing about God. That not only does He hear me, but He can do something about it. Not only does He hear my prayer, because I can listen to your prayers, but I can't do anything. I have no power to heal, no power to save to the uttermost, no power to deliver, but God does. And He cares. When I'm praying for rescue... He's talking to a deliverer. When those people who for 400 years had been crying out to God for deliverance, God didn't speak to them and say, all right, y'all, get ready. It's about to happen. 
I'm going to send somebody. Y'all be looking for a man named Moses. God didn't do that. They were crying out, God, deliver us. God, rescue us. God, send someone. And God was working on the other side, lighting up a, a bush to draw Moses and call him out. Moses said, how are these people going to know that you sent me? He said, tell them I am. So God had not told the children of Israel they were going to be rescued, but he had been hearing their prayer the whole time. God hears us. But even when he's silent, even in those times that he's not responding and we're thinking, God, what is going on and why don't you hear me and why haven't you answered me yet? He's on the other side of the mountain talking to a deliverer on our behalf. All we have to do is be listening for the name of the Lord. Oh, my. All we need to be doing is waiting around for somebody to show up, speak in the name of the Lord, because that's when your deliverance is coming. That's how we're going to recognize it. He fed, he clothed, he protected and instructed them in the wilderness. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need. In the middle of trials, in the middle of times, that the wilderness is all around me, and I'm wondering and wandering, Lord, when is this going to end? But the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one guiding me, and I have all I need because of Him. He has taught me to trust Him. And it's a process. He has taught me because of my recognition of all the things that He's done for me year after year after year and day after day after day. He has taught me that I can trust Him. Even though they failed Him time after time, He is consistent to forgive and that's the same way with us. You can mess up a thousand times and still turn to God in repentance and He is ready and anxious to forgive us. Ready, willing, excited to come with open arms and forgive our sin. He gave them a land where they were promised. Homes they did not build, wells they did not dig, vineyards and olive groves they did not plant. And made a name for them among all the nations because God never goes back on his word. Never. I know I can trust him because he and I have history. This knowledge carries me through when my situation looks bleak. I look back and I say, I was struggling in that time. And I wondered how it was that I was going to make it. I look back on this time and, and the, the times that I cried and the prayers that I prayed. And he, he moved for me then. And I know that this situation looks rough, but he's going to move again. I, I believe it because we have history. And I remember those times that, that I was in the midst of that circumstance, and I wondered, Lord, how long is this going to take? But looking back on it now, it didn't take that long. He was there with me the whole time, and he sent deliverance just when it needed to be. And if he was with me then, he's with me now. And it looks rough and it feels bad. 
but if he was with me then he hasn't left me the third thing that brings about revival is a renewal of covenant relationship they said they, they acknowledged where they were at that point they said Lord we're in a bad place but you're our only hope so without shame letting go of pride and fear we ask you to take us back Lord, we're in the promised land, but we're slaves to someone else. We cannot enjoy the fruit of what you've really truly given us because there are people over us who are oppressing us. Have you ever felt like that? That you're in the middle of where you think God wants you to be? but you still got things hanging over your head. It's like, God, why, why won't this move on? Why can't I get rid of this? I, I believe that I'm in your wheel. I believe that I'm doing right. I believe that I've heard from you. But still, I've got this other stuff going on. Why, why am I here? Why am I still in bondage? Why am I still enslaved? do not take our afflictions lightly because our struggle is real <laughs> and they said we are calling on you to be Yahweh once again we make a covenant with you and we ask you to make that covenant back with us we seal it and we say from now on I'm yours so can we build it <laughs> Well, that depends on you. It's God's desire to do a work in and through his people. He has not changed and he never will. We understand from creation that God can, with one word, change things, create, make things out of nothing. And God can do that now. But from the time of Adam until now, he's always worked with people. So God wants to do something. He wants to build. He wants to change. But in order for that to happen, our hearts must be prepared. Revival awaits us when we're unified in prayer and praise and purpose. And these are the steps that must take place. First, recognition and repentance of our sin. We have to want to change. We have to want for something to be different in our lives. Because if we're just saved and comfortable... It's just not going to happen for you. And you can you can go to heaven saved and comfortable, okay? You can go to heaven saved and comfortable. But you can't be revived. You can't be living life and life more abundantly. You can't be ministering to all those who need to also be saved if we're living saved and comfortable. We must recognize and repent of our sin we must reflect on God's faithfulness understanding that he has not changed trust that what he has done before he can and he will do again and renew that covenant relationship because if we draw near to God he wants to draw near to us he said through his word if you get closer to me I'm going to get closer to you it's just going to happen so today as the music plays 
again I in the songs that we sang and I really felt like that was the direction that the Lord would have us go in singing and recognizing and worshiping him for who he is and in thinking about who he has been throughout our lives I don't know what kind of discouragement you're facing I don't know what kind of discouragement is going on for some of you I I assume or I'd know personally but I I don't know deep in your heart what kind of how close you are to giving up but we need to recognize that who he has been he still is and if he's ever been faithful to you he is going to be faithful now let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer Heavenly Father we thank you now we come to you with confession of upraised hands God worshiping you with our hearts bowed down Father we come to you recognizing the ways that we've sinned against you God whether it's unrepentant sin within our hearts or those times that we just have not lived up to the potential that you've placed within us Father, we confess that there are things within our hearts that would be better if we got rid of them. Father, we confess that there are things within us that we need to let go of in order to get higher with you. And Father, right now we just, we ask that you forgive us as individuals, as a church, as a nation. God, we come to you with repentance and we say, forgive us of our sin cleanse us from unrighteousness God let the blood that was shed on Calvary come and be applied to our hearts forgive us God for those small things those things that would hinder us from you that they're not big huge sin but God that there are things that need to be laid down we confess them now and set them aside Father God we remember today the times time after time after time that you have been faithful to us. Father, first of all, we thank you for choosing us, your unmerited favor upon us, because there was nothing that we did. There was nothing that made us great from our mother's womb that you would call us to be your children, but God, you favored us. You took us out of the sin that we were mired in. God, we thank you. We praise you that you delivered us from addictions. God, that you delivered us. There are times that we don't even know that you protected us. That we went one way, and if we had gone the other way, we would have died. God, we thank you for those things that you said no to. That those times that we were disappointed or we were upset because we didn't get what we wanted, but God, if we had gotten it, we would have been in a much different place. I thank you for all the times that you said no. Father, I thank you and I praise you for the healing that you brought on us time after time after time. The hedge of thorns of mercy that you placed around us, that you kept the enemy away. God, I thank you for those things that didn't get to us. 
I thank you and I praise you that you fed us, that you gave us your word, that you showed us the way to go, even in the middle of a wilderness, even in the middle of times that were so hard. But God, we know that you were with us. Even when we didn't see you, we know that you were there because you said that you'd never leave us, that you'd never forsake us. I praise you, Lord, that even when times were difficult, you were there because you said you would be. And Father, now we renew our covenant with you. We say from today on, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, I'm yours. We've got history. You've proven yourself time after time after time. And there's no way that I'm not going to trust you. That from now on, I'm walking with you. God, I pray that for each of us, for myself, for each person who's here. Your will be done in each of our lives, God. Revive us. I believe. I believe, God. I trust. I have faith, God, that you want to do something in us. And you're preparing us for ministering to those who are underserved. That you're preparing us to speak to those who are unsaved. God, you're preparing us to reach out to all those in the community that we can touch. God, we trust you. We believe that you're doing something in us, not just to not just to save us and excite us, but God, for a purpose that you first appointed us for. To make our name great in glory to you. God, we just thank you. We praise you for all that you do and all that you are. We lift you up. We bless your holy name. You are worthy of all praise and glory and honor. And you are great and glorious and mighty. We worship you, God. With all that we have right now, with all that is in us, we just praise you. We sing out praises. We glorify and honor your name. You are worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 